starts now. Why does the world's best band have the world's worst videos? It's a question that irks a lot of Rush fans. This is a band that gives you uncompromising quality in every aspect of the total package. The artwork, the liner notes, the extravaganza during live performances, the packaging of DVD material and other box sets and special edition releases. Like Vintage's Wine, you often pay a higher price and receive supreme quality in return. That's a fair bargain, a very Canadian way of doing things. So what gives with the music videos? General opinion rates the catalog of Rush music videos quite low. Even Getty Lee has commented on more than one occasion about Rush's music videos not really standing up all that well. But is this really the case? Know your medium and know what you're good at. In today's world of multimedia, these aren't just words of wisdom. Mastering their practice can be critical to success. But this world as we know it today, with YouTube and Facebook and podcasts, didn't exist as recently as Rush's Test for Echo album, the last album to have sported so-called official music videos for some of the songs. Let's be clear, concert footage is not the same thing. Every film we've seen of live Rush footage is great, each in its own way, each reflecting the time when the performance happened. Then there's film footage from the Le Studio sessions of moving pictures, more documentary styled with an artistic flair, simply showing the band in its element, making and performing music, but primarily for themselves and not a television viewing audience. And that, in my opinion, is what separates the good from the bad. Rush is not a band that typically pumped out hit songs for the purpose of making a hit song. And it's usually hit songs that lend themselves most easily to music videos. So we can start assessing music videos with moving pictures, studio footage of Vital Signs, Tom Sawyer, and Limelight. Although I don't think so-called music videos typically include the visual accompaniment for songs found in Clockwork Angels and Snakes and Arrows. So we have a catalog from moving pictures through to test for echo. Let's start on the plus side. Driven from Test 4 Echo. This one is actually very cool and is visually echoed in the set designs for Clockwork Angels. Bottom line is that it looked like the band was doing its own thing for its own reasons rather than trying to fill a rotation slot on MTV or much music. Despite that, it worked commercially on video networks, so this cut the mustard. On the not-so-good side, time stands still from Hold Your Fire. I really like Amy Mann. In fact, just about everything she's done. But I don't think the floating Amy in the music video really does her beautiful voice much justice. In fact, it's so odd, it's hard to turn away. The viewer feels compelled to keep watching to see if Amy might inadvertently bang into something or float towards a ceiling fan like poor Charlie Bucket and his Grandpa Joe while visiting the chocolate factory. Okay, it didn't help that the styles at the time were, well, odd as well. And that music video was genuinely agreed by the earthly population to be a bad Rush music video. 
So, we have one that's very cool and one that's very not cool. Why then is there a perception that all of Russia's music videos, in general, aren't all that great? Everything else is either okay, at least non-offensive, and for some relatively forgettable. I could guess that one negatively disproportionately outweighs a positive, or people latch on to bad news. I don't know. But let's get back to something I said earlier about knowing your medium and knowing what you're good at. And here is where I think you'll agree that Rush really did hit the mark with video. Specifically, they did it with film that was specially produced as a stage complement to the live performance. They were little movies. They were never designed for MTV or much music video rotation. This wasn't part of a music video projected onto a screen. This was totally new stuff. They latched on to what they were good at doing, storytelling with an ever-mature sense of humor about themselves and embraced the medium they knew well. What were previously extravagant visuals or footage from the odd video here or there on a projection screen evolved into another pillar in the substantive quality of a live Rush production. And in that category, there are too many to list here. Some evenings with Rush featured no fewer than five mini-movies. These things deserve attention and credit. And the actual music videos, in general, range from okay to very cool. Some things even get better or more interesting with time. Who knows? Time will tell, for time stands still. So, I recommend not rushing to judgment on Russia's music videos, certainly not generalizing the quality of them all. That said, in another medium that delivers a different message, you certainly will want to spend some quality time looking at productions that were designed as stage accompaniment and are featured in the concert DVD sets. These started to acquire a semi-life of their own in the Vapor Trails tour and became ever more integral right up through to the R40 tour. Visit Stephen Christensen for more episodes. This podcast is available on premium streaming platforms including Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Stephen Christensen. Thanks for listening. A production of Stephen Christensen. Podcast complete.